let's get up out of the out of the uh, Abraham's bosom. Let's get up from from that uh, scene of hell and let's move back up to the top side of the earth where the living's going on. Let's go back to the realm of the living and let's visit the parlor where the rich man lies in state. They'll take a man that's dead and they'll put him in a coffin. They'll lay him out in front of a congregation. They'll put him in a funeral parlor somewhere and everybody will come around. Sometimes if they didn't even like him, they'll show up at his funeral. Amen? So let's take a visit right there. And listen, if we was to go in the funeral of the rich man, you know what we'd find? We'd find his friends are speaking well of him. Some of you may not even get this message, but I hope you do. Got a box laid up here with the rich man in it, and his, and the God said he ain't no count. You say, how do you know God said he ain't no count? He's in hell. He's in hell. That ought to be telling you something. I guess some people have sympathy for people in hell. But they got there somehow. They got there by the righteous judgment of God. God said they was worthy. But not his friends at his funeral. I want you to get that concept. People back on earth are saying, he was a good man. God says he's a worthless man. Did you know the good words of your friends at your funeral not keep you out of hell? They speak well of him. He was a successful man, but his success didn't keep him out of hell. And his mother, I don't know if his mother was alive or not, but he did mention his father. He said, go back to my father's house. Maybe his father's alive. He said, I got five brothers there. Five brothers living at his father's house. Must have been a young man. His youth didn't keep him out of hell. His success didn't keep him out of hell. Listen, I bet his mother walked by the casket there and said, oh, he was a good boy. And he was a sweet boy. And he used to come sit on my lap and hug my neck. That didn't keep him out of hell. That didn't keep him out of hell. Those things won't keep you out of hell. See, the the tender mercies, the, the tender moments of a man's life will make him look at things and think, this is all right, but God said it ain't all right. The, the, the tender moments and the tender mercies of this life. I mean, the fact that you make googly eyes at your wife and she makes them back at you. The, 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 the hard moments of your life that just prove to you that somebody loves you and cares about you don't mean that, God, that, God, that that's going to keep you out of hell. But we have so many hallmark moments and we kind of live for that since Hollywood taught us to do that. I'm not down on it. I like to have good times rather than bad times. I like to have smiles rather than fusses. Don't you? But just because your wife can smile at you or that your mother can shed tears over you, that don't mean a man won't go to hell. That's exactly the sort of thing that liberals will use to negate hell. So what's the use in preaching a sermon like this? Some liberal's going to tell you that a loving God wouldn't send you to hell. How about a loving man? Would he reject a loving Savior? How about a created man? Would he walk contrary to the wishes and will of his Creator? He certainly would. Amen. He certainly would. And for that cause, a man be found in hell. Amen. His friends are speaking well of him, speaking well of his success. Amen. His wife probably standing by the 
by the coffin there taking heart in the fact that he sent poor Lazarus some food. Now, I know when my husband, you know, the, you know the one person, men, that's going to stick by you in life and make excuses for you is your wife. Mm, you might treat her like dirt, but God put something in her that they didn't put, that he didn't put in a man. Anybody that tells me a man and a woman are the same and, and, and have e- equality in their mind and equality in their function and equality in their, in their abilities is a nut. Is a nut. God made them different because he wanted two different kinds of people. Amen. Amen. You know as well as I do that some of you men are rotten to the bone. If it wasn't for your wife, you'd be totally depraved. Amen. You'd, you'd have to give in to uh, Calvinist doctrine because you'd be, you'd be worthless, a lot of you, without your wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. I'll take one dollar a piece from you ladies at the door. <laughs> but you know good and well you've done some rotten things and your wife stood up for you and not only that, she covered for you many a times. Mm-hmm. You was lazy from church and your wife come to church and lied like a dog and said you was sick. Mm-hmm. You spent all the rent money. You spent... You spend all the rent money on hunting licenses and hunting clubs and dogs and rifles and boats and four-wheel drives and four-wheelers. And your wife called the landlord and said, well, we've been kind of sick this month or we've been having... She lied because you're a scoundrel. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 It's getting awful quiet in here. I must be telling some truth, Brother Curtis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you know as well as I do that wife is covered for you, made excuses for you. And I bet, I bet, I bet you that that, of course, preachers ain't supposed to bet, but I'm speaking figuratively. Amen. Don't worry, I won't be scratching no lottery tickets this week. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you the rich man's wife bent over that coffin and said, He's got to be in heaven. He fed Lazarus. You think she didn't see those little crumbs that he sent Lazarus? You think he didn't see that? You think she didn't see him standing at the window going, there he is again. See, a a wife can see a husband do something against his own will, do something that makes him mad, and then give him credit for it. A woman or another human being give you credit for that sort of thing. God won't give you credit for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. See, he's standing at the window going, that bum is at our gate again. And probably sent him the food out there just to get him away from the gate. The Bible said, and we'll get to this in a minute, the Bible said somebody laid him at the rich man's gate. I bet it was one of his own family members that done that. But we'll get to that in just a minute. The man standing there at the window, that old bum's back at our gate again. Wife probably seen that. You think she didn't? You think she don't know what's going on? But I tell you who did see it and who did care about it, God did. Mm-hmm, God did. And God, see, a, a woman could see a man grumbling and complaining and doing his duty. And she gave him all the credit in the world. He's such a hard worker. And God see him doing that same grumbling and doing that same duty and said, he ain't nothing but a bomb. 
The Bible says when you do your duty, you're supposed to come out and say, I'm an unprofitable servant because I've done only that which was my duty to do. Unprofitable. You say, what do you mean unprofitable? I mean, you go to hell when you get done living. Ain't that what happened to the rich man? Some people been living, going to church every week, grumbling. Oh, the preacher. Oh, the preacher. Oh, the preacher. Oh, the preacher. Oh, the long service. Oh, the long service. Oh, the preacher. Oh, the preacher. God's looking. God's looking. I'm telling you God's looking. I'm telling you God's looking down there at that heart. Mm-hmm. God sees it too. He said, well, there's no consequence. There's no consequence. Look at your life. How's that for consequence? How's that for consequence? Everything turns upside down. You think there ain't no consequence? We live in a society where God could beat somebody over the head day after day after day, and the preachers, the super comfort preachers, had taught people into enduring the judgment of God while at the same time saying, well, this is going to pass one day. Ain't that what the preachers are telling you to say? No weapon formed against you. Nothing's going to hurt me. Hey, if the weapon formed against you is God, it's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Bunch of hypnotized Baptists sitting around. Well, God's going to help me through this. God done this to you. God done this to you. Is that the truth or ain't it? If it ain't the truth, I'll resign and go to Delaware today. That's the God's honest truth, I'm telling you. Sit around and grumble all the time. See how that works out for you. This little wife sitting around the case. Well, he took food down to Lazarus. It don't matter to God. Don't matter to God if it ain't done with the right heart. Say, so how do you know he didn't have the right heart? Because he's in hell. Hmm? Don't they say that the end justifies the means? Isn't that what it says? Ain't that the common logic? Well, if a man turns out in hell, that means his life wasn't worth nothing more than hell. The sad thing is most people think their lives mean more. That's why I say when you die, it's going to be a terrible reality. You're going to find out your life didn't mean nothing. Make no mistake about it. I'm trying to be as clear as I can. I don't want nobody to make no mistake. There's Baptists all over the place, including People's Baptist Church. Their life shows, their life shows that they never trusted the Lord. Their life shows it. You say, you're talking about being saved by works. No, I'm talking about working by being saved. Some of you ain't got it. Come to church just for what you can get out of it. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. A good message would be, it ain't about you. Well, I need this comfort. There's a way to get it, but it's not from a sermon telling you you're going to be okay. It's not the way that it comes. When Jesus was about to depart and go back to heaven, he didn't gather his people around and say, now everything's going to be all right. No, he said, tribulation, tribulation, tribulation's coming. But don't fear because I'll be with you. There's where your comfort comes from. Well, I wish people would get a load of John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen? Amen. Oh, preacher, but you've got to get up and be a psychologist and wave a little watch in front of everybody's eyes and hypnotize them and tell them everything's going to be all right. No, I'm going to tell them that you reap what you sow. That's what I'm going to tell them. You say, well, I've told myself, I've waved that watch in front of my own eyes and deceived myself too many times. And God be thanked that he showed me the truth and snapped me out of it. And I come to myself and said, hey, what am I doing in the hog pen? What am I doing in the hog pen? My own actions cause these consequences. Better get up. 
Better get up and do another thing. Amen. Better do something else. Amen. A lot of lost folks, a lot of lost folks, I believe, sitting in the pulpit, sitting in the pew, mm-hmm. got their name on the church roll. And there's plenty of people around that will justify you. Oh, he was, su- he was such a good man. He was such a good man, such a good man, yet he's in hell. Maybe even a relative of Lazarus. I can just picture it. Have you ever been to a funeral, especially down here in the south? All people stand up, oh, he was a great man, a good man. Mm-hmm. We went to a, we went to a funeral. Oh, I almost didn't live this one down either, but I did what I thought was right. We went to a funeral right here in town over to the church of God over there behind, uh, over there behind um, Harvey's, over there behind the grocery store. And the preacher that was preaching the funeral got up and started talking about somebody had sung, you know, the Baptist's favorite song, uh, Vince Gill, Go Rest High on the Mountain. Boy, Baptists will play that at their little funerals. And the preacher got up after the song and said, Boy, I really appreciate that song. You know, old Vince Gill's a great man. Vince Gill is a low-down, dirty floor flusher running around with these gospel-singing women committing adultery, committing adultery, committing adultery. Listen, you can go rest high on the mountain because you ain't having no Vince Gill in this church. I don't care if you do like it. Hmm? I don't care if he is your favorite country singer. Hmm? Not going to do it around here. You say, what'd you do, Brother Mike? I got my little crew up. We stood up and we walked out. You say, why? I did that in protest. If you can stand out and walk out of Congress, if you can walk out of Congress because of a bunch of queers, I can walk out of church for a dirty floor flusher like Vince Gill. Thank you. Thank you. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. That's why you sitting down there mad and I'm standing up here preaching. Mm-hmm. God knows you wouldn't do it. You devil, you love that kind of devil. You probably listen to Michael Jackson too. Moonwalk on to hell, you old devils. Mm-hmm. You better get saved. You better get saved, I said. Uh huh. How was that for the moonwalk? Was that any good? <laughs> that was a three. Brother Spike only gave me a three on that one. You should have gave me at least another point for the rubber soles on carpet. Amen. Amen. That's right. Now you're excited, you old devils. Moon shouting over the moonwalking. Right. Mm, now I'm gonna preach twice as hard tonight. Y'all make sure you come back. Amen. So what are you preaching on tonight? Don't know yet. Amen. Amen. Might have been the relatives of Lazarus. Oh, I remember. You, I said it a while ago. I bet they was the one that was carrying him down there. Laying him down there at the gate of the rich man. Oh, he was a good man. He fed my, my brother Lazarus. He fed him. Why didn't you feed him? Well, listen, when you die and your brother speaks well of you, and he should, if he's your brother, he ought to have something good to say about you. Amen? Your own family ought to have something. You know what you ought to take up for your brothers and sisters? And I hate to say this as a preacher, but sometimes even when they're wrong. You say, is that a doctrinal fact? No, that's a brotherly fact. Amen? 
You know, I've seen times in my life when my little brother was wrong about something, and I took up for him anyway, but afterward I got him by the arm and said, you better straighten that out. Amen? I can't justify what you've done, but I ain't going to let somebody else beat you up over it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Some things you reap what you sow, but everybody ought to love their brother enough to say a a fine word or a kind word about them. Wouldn't you say that? You know what? I just feel led to say this. Some of you might not have talked to your brothers or sisters in here. You ought to get home and call them on the phone, tell them you're sorry or something. You say, well, I'm not the one that done it. I'm not the one that caused this division. I didn't say you was, but you could at least get on the phone and say, I'm sorry it's been so long since I talked to you. One of these days, they'll be the one in the coffin. One of these days, they'll be going, well, you don't know what the situation is. I know what the situation of your heart is. I know what your heart is. Listen, your heart will make you as hard-headed as you can be until it's too late. And then that, that hard heart is going to melt. And you're going to say, "Good, would God, I wouldn't have done that. Would God, I would have called them while they was living. That hard heart is deceitful above all things. It'll keep you mad. It'll keep you stirred up until it's too late. Then it'll melt and say, ha ha. Your heart will melt and say, ha, I ruined another one for you. Yes, it will. How many of you know I'm telling the God's truth? You better say amen right there because there's some hardhead sitting here saying, I ain't calling them for nothing. They ain't right with God. You're the one that ain't right with God. You a Baptist Bible carrying old reprobate if you got that much hate in your heart for your brother. Well, Brother Mike, that was talking about you Christian brother. If God built the emphasis off the literal picture of a brother, I think that includes you literal brother as well. Amen? God gave you that relationship to tell you how to be a Christian. God gave you a father to teach you how to live with God. Fellowship with God. God gave you a wife. God gave you a wife to teach you about the relationship between Christ and the church. Everything God gave you from the trees right on down to the dirt was given to you to teach you about God. If you've got a brother or sister you ain't been talking to, you better get home, give them a call and say, Hey, I'm sorry I ain't called you. Just wanted to call you and tell you I loved you. Mm, Nonetheless... Live a wicked life as you want to. That brother will be up there by your coffin when you're dead saying, Oh, he was a good man. A good man will be in hell. Is that the story we're reading? That's five brothers that's got a brother in hell no matter how much they love him. Yeah. Amen. The money changers probably come down the funeral and admired his keen business sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they said this. Look, this is what they say when they get around this coffin. They say, God really prospered him. You do see that's on television every day, right? God prospered him. Oh, I wish that you would be in health and that, you, oh, that you'd be prospered as your soul prospered. Just people got a wrong estimation of what you, how your soul's prospered. My soul ain't got no money. Uh, My soul's got joy. Joy is the prosperity of the soul. My soul is redeemed. Redemption is the prosperity of my soul. Bunch of of robbers and thieves on television stealing a blessing from you. But the money changers got around his coffin and said, Oh, yeah, he was a king. He had a keen business sense, and God really blessed his efforts. God really blessed everything he done. The man's in hell. 
You say, why do you say that? Why are you saying these things? Because some people trust in your bank accounts. They think they got a big bank account. That's God's. They're not saying that their money's getting them to heaven. Don't get me wrong. But they're saying, God has blessed me, therefore I'm right with God. You better read the book of Psalms and find out the end ain't based on your money or how much trouble you experience in this life or how many hardships or adversities you overcome. That's not what, that's not what hell is based on. It's based on have you done what you ought to have done with Jesus Christ. Yeah. The God in whose hand thy breath is and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Daniel 5.23 what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? 1 Peter 4, 17. What's going to be the end of them? It doesn't say what shall, be the end, what shall the end be of them that have a lot of money. That's not what it says. Have a lot of friends. That's not what it says. Has brothers that talks well of them. That's not what it says. Of them that are baptized. That's not what it says. It says that obey not the gospel of God. The gospel of God is that Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again the third day. He done that for our justification. The Bible says that the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what matters. That's what matters. That's where, that's where uh, going to heaven comes from. That's where staying out of hell comes from. Amen. All this good was talked about this man at his funeral. And all the while the man burns in hell. Amen. If, if, if God would have sent Lazarus, if God would have raised Lazarus from the dead according to the rich man's, according to the rich man's request, if he had went in there, they'd have probably turned their nose up at him. What's he doing here? We thought he was dead. What's he doing here? And if he would have said, I've died and I've been raised from the dead to come give you all the gospel, they'd have laughed. And you say, how do you know? That's what they did for Jesus. You know what the problem is? They don't believe the prophets. So I think, Brother Mike, that the problem is that they don't believe in Jesus. No, that ain't what he said. He said, if, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they. You know why people didn't believe in Jesus after he rose from the dead? They didn't believe the Scripture to begin with. Right. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that no matter how, what problems or faults my family had, no matter what kind of faults or problems my preacher might have had, they taught me one thing before they taught me how to be saved, and that is that God's Word is God's Word. And I believe that completely. Into, once I believed that, all the messages after that fell right in line. See, some of y'all can't get nothing from the preaching around here because you don't believe what's going on. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. 12.30. It's 12.30 already. And you're way right into hell. That's right. Hmm? That's not the right attitude. That's not the right attitude. Well, we've been here for so long. Hell is going to be for eternity. Right, right. To me, some movies last eternity. Yeah. Right. Oh. Mm. I'm kind of amazed at people's patience when it comes to Brad Pitt and their impatience when it comes to the preacher. We need to be here all day. I need to stretch this out, man. We can go to Romans and I can stretch this message way on out. Amen? Probably should. Probably should. Mm-hmm. But if it did, some people would use that as an excuse to go on to hell. They wouldn't come back. They'd be, oh, well, I just need to go find somewhere else where, where we can get out. I didn't come to get out. I come to get in. Amen. 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 
bunch of old devils. Amen. Amen. Oh, the deceitfulness of wishing ourselves and others well. You hear me? The deceitfulness of wishing ourselves and others well. I'm okay. Everything's going to be all right. Your heart skip a beat. Oh, it's going to be okay. I, I, don't, I, I don't do that way. My heart skips a beat. I'm saying, I'm dying right now. God, help me. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. I'm sorry I've done that. I'm sorry I've done this. I'm sorry I've done the other thing. And I, God, if I've forgotten any sins, please let that come to my mind so I can. Listen, I want to get right with God. Amen. You say, why? I fear him. Amen. I fear him. Amen. Amen. I fear him. Now, if we come to church and you're talking about, you know, you're, the corn on your toe and how bad you had it last week or something like that, then I'm going to be bored and go home. If you're preaching the Word of God, preach on. Huh? If you've got a good, if you've got a good spiritual song to sing, sing on. Mm-hmm. Amen. Come with a ready heart. Amen. Everybody, every one of y'all that can sing ought to come ready to sing. Amen. So, well, you never call on me. You're never ready. Amen. Got a fine play, piano player up here that can play anything you want to sing. Get with him. Say, hey, let's sing this song. Amen. Practice up a little bit. I just don't have time. If you ain't got time to practice, you ain't got time to sing. You say, what are you doing? I'm living up to my promise to add time to the sermon. Been a bad, foul spirit in here all morning. I might have brought at least half of that foul spirit in here, but I ain't going to leave with no foul spirit. We ain't leaving until people stand up in the aisles shouting and hollering, amen? Amen. The deceitfulness of wishing ourselves and others well. It's deceitful. You wish somebody else well, they'll take it to heart. I'm okay. You're okay if you're born again. Amen. 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 That's right. I've run out of notes here. I'm going to say this to you. It'll be all right if you've got Jesus as your Savior. That's the only way. You say, Brother Mike, that's the only way? That's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way. The way. That's singular. I am, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man. No man. Not the rich man. Not the successful man. Not the man that has friends. Oh, Brother Mike, the Bible says a man that will have friends must show himself friendly. But that won't get him to heaven. That's a principle. That's not, friends didn't die on the cross for you. Some of your friends wouldn't die for you. Some would, some wouldn't. But that won't get you to heaven. If your friend did die for you, wouldn't get you to heaven. They ain't got the right kind of blood. The book of Acts said we got Jesus' blood. We got God's blood. That'll get you to heaven. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the only way you can go. He said, Brother Mike, I don't like your preaching. You don't have to like my preaching to go to heaven. You just have to be saved. There's there's a flavor out there for you. Amen. Go get it. Help yourself. But you have to be saved. You have to be saved. Amen. He said, Brother Mike, I love your preaching. Loving my preaching ain't going to help you get to heaven. There's many people that like hard preaching because they're jerks, basically. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Amen. They like hard preaching because they think they're better than everybody else. That, a lot of people like hard preaching. Yeah, tell them, Brother Mike. No, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Telling you. Yeah. 
It's the people that think they're right with God that need the hardest preaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You folks that have just started coming here, I mean, I guess you'll have to put up with us until some of these old-time Christians get right with God. Then I can give you some fresh meat. Amen? Amen. You should have started coming to church two years ago. You'd have got some of that. Amen? Amen. You love my preaching or hate That has nothing to do with it. This building don't have no air conditioning. Neither does hell. Neither does hell. Uh, we've got a, well, I don't know what's wrong with our repairman. He must not want any money, but been broke for two weeks. I guess it'll be, if it's broke for two weeks more, it won't make as big a deal as whether or not you say. Yeah. Right. Amen. My wife was right. We built three giant fires yesterday. We could, I kind of felt sorry for the men that bound up the three Hebrew children. The Bible said they died getting near the furnace. I about felt like they did. Whoo, it's a hot fire. Glad I ain't going to hell. Glad I ain't going to hell. Boy, it's hot in this building. Hot in southeast Georgia. I guess it is going to be hot in this building. But it's hot in hell. Amen. It ain't going to be hot in heaven. Well, what makes you worthy of heaven? Jesus Christ, my Lord. Well, you talk like such a big shot, Brother Mike. Well, I mean, how did you earn your way to heaven? I didn't earn my... I'm just... I'm preaching to me too. I believe I've told you that about 1,900 times. I've been here 10 years. I must have told you that 100,000 times. I preach to myself before I come preach to you. Mm-hmm. I can't earn my way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven, but Jesus earned it for you. Jesus earned it for you. Let's bow our heads this morning. I know that's sweet relief to some of you, but I could give you some, some news that will give you some real relief. You'll come up to this altar let somebody take a Bible and run you through the Romans road real fast and show you how that you can call on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. That'll give you the relief that'll last eternity. There's no hell in that relief. There's no, there's no, there's no eternal judgment in that relief. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't you want that for yourself? If you've got that for yourself, don't you want that for the man that works next to you down at the store, down at the, down at the mill, down at the lumber yard, the man that serves you breakfast down at the McDonald's? Hmm? Don't you want that for them? How about rededicating yourself, Christian, to the gospel? To the same gospel that saved you, a gospel that was meant to save all those around you, all those around you. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God requires it. To whom much is given, much is required. God requires it. Would you come this morning? Would you come? Brother Nathan, you play something for just a minute.